slips, jail time, snorting a cocaine line, racist tweets, family beefs, a royal leaves, Kanye, fake attack, racist rants, Botox and implants, shoplifting spree, punch a paparazzi, unexpected pregnancy, not your best moment. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Best Moment. I am your host, Keith Skopinich, along with Andrew Harris and Phoebe Matana. Episode 29, Skinny Dip Edition. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the writer's strike. And Phoebe's got all the details. All of them. Every last one of them. Everything. She's negotiating for the Writers Guild, actually. Oh, my God. No, I'm not qualified (laughs) to do that. (laughs) I'm barely qualified to read articles. Picturing you you and Fran Drescher in a room. I think that's a force. I like that. I like that pairing. That is. That is a good pairing. I that's a power couple right there, I think. Yeah. I've never been so honored. We cannot <laughs> exploit workers. Yeah, I feel like exploiting workers would be bad. <laughs> Question, which one am I in that case? <laughs> I am a little confused as well. <laughs> you're, the, you're the second one, Phoebe. I have to, before, before we get started, I just want to say, I, I so I played this podcast like 10 minutes of it for my 13-year-old nephew. And when the first time we said your name, he goes, oh, Phoebe Buffet. And I was like, from Friends? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. What a coup to, have to get Lisa Kudrow on the show. Smelly cat. And just keep <laughs> singing for the rest of the show. But she won't do it because she's on strike. Go, Phoebe, go. <laughs> All right. So we're going to I'm just going to take you through a little, like what I think are the important points of both the writer strike and the actor strike because they're very interconnected and they're fighting over a lot of the same things so you might hear duplicates and I'll just touch on those go for it basically for both strikes things to know the WGA the writers and SAG the actors are both striking against Amazon Netflix Paramount Sony HBO Disney the works all these like big media companies Um, particularly over streaming. So to briefly touch on what the writers are fighting for, a few things. Um, One, fighting for having a minimum number of writers in every room rather than the mini rooms that they've been doing, which are just like a few few people who are hired for a very short period of time to write the gig to the point where it's really hard for young writers to break in, for them to be mentored into becoming showrunners. It's also basically turning it into gig work rather than an actual sustainable job. That's one. Two, this is true for the actors as well. Since 2007, they've both the actors and the writers, they've been working on contracts built for streaming before anyone really understood what streaming was. So it's kind of like a new media umbrella, Mm -hmm. which is for most, um, for both actors and the writers, it's pretty much the lowest possible threshold for how much you have to pay people. Yeah, and for for context, the new media, the SAG new media contract um, is like all you have to do is apply and you get it right. I've used it several times. I actually several of my friends became SAG because they were on my web series um, because I made I had one or two SAG actors. So I had to apply for it, you know, did it, did the whole thing, did the contract. You know, it was it was not that that hard to do, you know, like admin wise, it's there. But I didn't I opted not to. um Signed myself up because I wasn't working enough to really warrant it, which is still true. But, you know, good to know that one day I probably could just write myself into a SAG card. That'd be cool. Um, 
you know, now now that I can afford the initiation fee in my fucking forties. <laughs> oh but yeah, that, that it does reinforce your point. They're like, oh yeah, new media, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so the new, the new media contract you're signing is going to be different than the one that they are using. However, a lot of the same rules apply. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Because it, it, the the budget, the budget, the budget, the budget makes effect. a big difference yeah. on exactly yeah. which contract mm-hmm. um, you will use. It's like there's a whole thing on how much are you spending, where are you shooting, what is the expected revenue, all these things that go into account of how it's classified. Yeah, and we anticipated no res- revenue, and our budget was like $4,000. So yeah, anyone, it was fine. Yeah, exactly. But the benefits so, of being able to join SAG still applied. Yes, correct. Though that has been since written out. You can't do it, uh, you can't join SAG based on like a new media contract yeah. anymore. That was for, there was there was like a period of five years there where you could sneak your way in but no more (laughs) that is no more okay so back to the you know new media so with the wga they were basically on what was called a minimum basic agreement it's basically the low end um versus broadcast media so you're paid the minimums versus what people would be paid for like a syndicated show residuals this is something that both the writers and the actors are fighting over basically being paid accordingly when your show does well, when your show is aired and seen by lots of viewers. So the way it works with a broadcast, you know, if they put Law & Order on cable or on, on uh, the MVP, whatever, where's Law & Order stream these days anyway? Peacock? Peacock. I was like, NBC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so if it's on NBC, is streaming through broadcast, you know, you'll get paid a certain amount. And if they decide to rerun it, you're paid residuals, you're paid extra money. And it's a pretty sizable income no matter what your role is it's enough that you can live off those sorts of residuals whereas the residuals for streaming are basically nothing you've seen like if you look up some of what actors have been talking about and sharing their residuals you'll see like um there were people from orange is the new black making like 13 dollars an episode when it's one of the most popular shows to ever grace streaming. It's absurd that that's what they're making. That's not enough to live on. To be clear, that's yeah. in residuals. That was not their no. per episode fee. Yes, that is in residuals. Uh, that is, you know, people watching it after the fact, and they're paying for how the streams came I didn't mean, about. I didn't mean to be fair. I meant to clarify. It's still not, like, it's not, it's not fair. dollar <laughs> residual. And, like, I mean, but this has been happening for years. I mean, ever since the dawn of social media, I've seen people post their hilariously, like, two-cent checks that they get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. No. <laughs> Are you saying $13 isn't enough? It can buy me a whole sandwich. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you're right, I can't. <laughs> Not maybe, here. Maybe it's somebody, f- but you're pushing it. Right. <laughs> no, I could get a... I could get a pret sandwich, but nothing better. Yeah, like, we're no. talking bottom of the barrel here. You can't even get a foot long at Subway now for that. <laughs> they had to pay the legal fees for Jared, you know. Question I mean, is on. a foot long actually a foot long? It's, I think it's longer, to yeah. be perfectly honest. <laughs> so they're giving you more. I, I haven't gone to Subway in years. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just curious. Can I, can, I, can I just say that if Andrew did go to Subway, I don't think he'd admit it? <laughs> Too much Keith, I got a Burger King like you wouldn't believe. Like, (laughs) I will not go to McDonald's, (laughs) but it's fine. Fine. Alrighty. Um. So back to it. So yes, the actors are also fighting for residuals for the work that they are doing. Um. Same ordeal. Other things that are important and things to know. Um. 
specifically for the writers, they basically don't want their scripts being fed to AI so that AI can then use those scripts and then come up with something else, which you might be thinking, hey, what's so bad about that? It's kind of an original thing. But basically what you're authorizing is that AI is going to get to use hundreds of professionally human written scripts so that it can churn out in its algorithm a new script without compensating any of the hundreds of writers that were basically used to create this new script by AI. It can only amalgamate what has come before. It cannot cannot create a new style. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can take Wes Anderson's script and make a new Wes Anderson script, but you cannot create Wes Anderson's voice from scratch using AI. No, you need to have as, as, as an example, right? Yeah, no, exactly. You would need yeah. to see all of Wes Anderson's scripts. You need to feed them all to AI, and then AI can give you an approximation of what yeah. a Wes Anderson script about X, Y, and Z would look like, only yeah. because it's read and digested all of his other scripts. You know, that is something AI is kind of a big issue for both for actors. It's you know exactly what you'd expect. They don't want there to be no rules or provisions for whether a company can use someone's likeness or their voice without restriction without getting paid for it yeah uh, without getting without consenting to it and amptp wants to do that let one be able to scan someone and just use their image in perpetuity yes fuck off with that shit yeah i was gonna say like do you fall does your image fall into public like um oh god i'm drawing a blank on that public domain like does that happen no <laughs> like that's crazy no, that's that's the thing it doesn't fall into public domain it falls under the ownership of the company that had the first movie where your image was scanned yeah that's ridiculous so, so, it's so basically like, you lose the right to your own yeah. likeness in public domain no one gets paid right but like if it's if someone owns the likeness then you're earning money off of that yeah so you know the rules of wanting to create provisions and protections around AI used for human work makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It seems like Definitely. a ridiculous thing that we have to argue that, hey, you shouldn't be able to just like make a deep fake of me doing or saying whatever you want without my permission or without paying me. No. So it's a little ridiculous, but it's part it's it needs to be written down and cleared up. Welcome to uh, the future. Welcome to the future, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, one or two more things that I think are worth bringing up a lot of people don't realize how large a role uh, self-taping plays into the strike for the actors specifically it's outrageous it's absolutely outrageous what self-taping is involved anyways go ahead yeah no you're right so for people who don't know what self-taping is it's in essence an audition but you have to do it at home by yourself and then you send in the video to casting Whereas in the past, it was there was there were very few self tapes. It was pretty much only used for people who were out of town who couldn't physically come into an audition. So this is twofold. For one, with everything going digital, you have actors who have increased number of financial responsibilities that they shouldn't be required to to be paying for. So everything from lighting, a background, a camera, finding someone to read with you, uh, so that you can actually do your performance, and then sending it in. Okay, also- first off. That's already a lot, but yes, keep. Oh yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say. Additionally, they're fighting about access to jobs on websites like Backstage and stuff like that, which that's, is that's basically safeguarding part. jobs from people that have to pay a subscription to get into the biz at all. From the self tape note, so I used to work for a company that 
does self tapes. Yeah. And like, it's not, it's not just, you know, set up a camera and shoot yourself. These, the casting directors and often it's production, but oftentimes it's the, it's the casting that's going to say, oh no, it, it has to be this. And you get like two solid pages of instructions shooting them in, you know, like they, you know, zoom out to a full wide shot, show your whole body. Do not have anything other than a blue background behind you. Most blue backgrounds that you buy aren't going to accommodate a, a you know, a full, a full body, body shot and not have what's behind your blue screen. That's number one. Um, send four to five of your best takes, which means you're editing together your own video of doing this, unless you go to a, you know, a, a service that does it. And there are services that do it. I, I've worked for one. And a lot of them were going to the ones that we did. were going down to like Atlanta, North Carolina and Louisiana. And the reason they would do that is because those were local hires. It was cheaper, right? They didn't have yeah. to put you up. So that meant that a lot of these people were they to be cast, they're being cast as locals, as local hires, which means they have no housing. They have to pay or find a place to live in this city to work if they don't already have some setup going on down there, which is why a lot of actors are going down to Atlanta because of Marvel um, and everything else that's going on down there. And it was South Carolina until the Republican governor in that state at the time got rid of the tax breaks and then everybody upstaked and moved out of North Carolina like yeah. fucking that. I mean the third or fourth hunger games movie. I think they literally upstaked and like went to Texas rather than <laughs> truly like, I, I, I don't That's know. Wild. Yeah. It wasn't mid production, but you know, they were like, mm, fuck you, North Carolina. It's not just recording yourself with a cell phone, doing an audition, which frankly should be fine. It's, yes. it's the level, it's the level of production quality they want from you in your home to have, which means you have to buy the light the background, a decent enough camera. If your if your cell phone isn't going to do it, you have to know how to edit because they want titles, um, you know, before, before all that, like you, and again, putting something together in iMovie is not that fucking hard, but it's, it's more than like going to the place, being in person and letting them see you. Yeah. And it's, there are a few things, Keith, you were talking about the casting platforms, the, the other issue, so backstage is one where you can self-submit yourself and you can do it on Actors Access as well, which is another uh, extension of one of the major casting platforms that an agent or a manager will submit you for. Now, if an agent or a manager is submitting you for roles, you don't technically have to pay for it, but you got to pay for everything else. You got to pay for all of your photos to be on there. You got to pay for all your videos. It's not cheap. It's like $22 a minute to put your videos up. It's $5 a photo. You're getting new headshots every year. You're getting seven. You're spending easily maybe $200 a year just to, just to put media on these platforms. And yeah, you can get headshots for 60 bucks. They're going to look like shit. Or and if you, and if you go in with something like that to an agent or a manager, they're going to say, Oh, you have to get new pictures. That's minimum 500 minimum. When I got my first set of headshots in 2000, no, excuse me, 2004. Um, Digital was kind of new, right? And so I had to pay for film. Yeah. Like headshots and contact sheets to look at the whole thing. A contact sheet. Here's grandpa. Oh my um, God. It's literally just like <laughs> an eight by 10 with, you know, all the pictures on it sort of placed, placed together. And that was like, it was like $2,000 to go to a decent photographer. And what I will say, Andrew, though, is that is a, that is an expense that has always fallen to the actors to pay. It's an expensive one. The thing I'm talking about are the hidden fees, the amounts of money that you have to spend that shouldn't be expected of you to pay. Oh, sure. But I mean, you're talking even if you're represented. If you're trying to break in and you're not represented, 
you are paying for the service. I still pay for Actors Access. Yeah. And I haven't been on it in years. Um, I stopped I mean, paying I'm for I'm and I still pay for Actors Access too. Yeah. I, I, I stopped looking at Backstage because I was like, well, fuck this. Um, <laughs> honestly. Uh, like the, the, the gatekeeping is has gotten more problematic. And I don't know if this is something that they're raging against, but I don't know that casting directors should be in the business of charging actors to just meet them. I think that's shitty. If you want to meet an actor, call them in professionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like do your fucking job. That's it's just, it's ridiculous because <laughs> it used to be, they would, you know, they would go to shows, they would scout out talent and things like that. Yeah. I, I don't know how this factors into the actors. Strike <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's an extension of the fact that casting directors have to do these classes just shows that they're not being paid enough. Probably. They're yeah. probably not being paid enough to do these streamers, to do these things. It's just an extension of the problem that these major companies are not paying their casting directors enough that they don't have to do these these classes yeah. after they come home from work. Then they're up till 10, 11 p.m. teaching actors because they can't afford it on their salary alone. And the actors, it's not like they can afford the fucking classes that they're paying for. It's like absurd. You yeah. know, if you're working in a restaurant, you know, four to six nights a week and then you've got your show or whatever it is that you're doing Then sometimes you probably have to like call out cause you're a little too tired or, yep. you know, or, or you're working lunch shifts, which are not as lucrative cause you need to be available in the evenings coming up with a spare $500 for a class is, is a hardship. It's a yeah. genuine hardship just to get the chance to maybe be seen by someone to maybe get a chance somewhere down the road to maybe audition. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing and that's part of it. I there are other aspects to self-taping that's that's uh relevant to also actors who are regularly auditioning for you know bigger roles on television and things like that. For example, this affects everyone, but having they want to make sure that there will be a minimum turnaround time for self-tapes. So in essence like you know, at this yep. point in time, I could get an audition from my agent and have to get it back within an hour. Like that is a realistic possibility. And I have to drop everything that I'm doing to get this done and get it taped for. There's also the, the problem of the number of pages. Like you could be going in for a first audition. You know, you have no idea if you're even remotely right for the part and they give you two days to work on 12 pages and then you have to become in off book, ready to go. It's, it's not fair to be doing that, especially for a first thing. So that's also one of the things that they're asking for is page limits on first reads am also a minimum turnaround time which makes perfect sense you know i have to give i have to give sag after just a tremendous amount of credit for putting that in there because you know for so long all you heard about that was well that's the biz which first yeah. of all you call it the biz you can get stabbed in the eye. fuck you the biz, <laughs> get a bag of literally um, literally yeah. die <laughs> yeah like gross what, what are you an agent from 1984 like fuck off with that shit <laughs> but um you like people to sort of shrug it off like that's the way it is i guess you have to, to suffer and your life has to be fucking miserable <laughs> and if you're not the best at suffering and being miserable then maybe you just can't cut the mustard like fuck off yeah i know just in summary please fuck off yeah <laughs> and stop, stop perpetuating a system that is not conducive to fucking humanity you know what i mean you're mm -hmm. we're the artists we're the ones who are supposed to be sensitive to this and, and you know to have the the sharp elbows in a, in, a, in a way like that it's an unnecessary layer and it's just it's inhuman Inhumane? Yeah. whatever i don't know and 
that humanity comes at a cost because, and we're all going to pay the price because so many shows are going to be postponed. Yeah, and I want to go through it. the list of shows. Oh, I'm, that are I'm going already to be creating my list of shows I want to rewatch. Uh, well, no, I mean, shows that are going to be postponed uh, because they're not going to be getting written in time. No, I know. I mean, starting after Labor Day, when TV doesn't come back, I have my list of shows. So that's it. Yeah. Go start digging into the archives, everybody. Wait, you're not going to be done with Destiny by then. You'll be fine. Dynasty? Dynasty. I can't get a name right. Why can't I get a fucking name right? If I'm not done with Dynasty by Labor Day, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. All right, so shows shows that are affected and or and or season two, nineteen twenty three season two, interview of a vampire season two, American Dad season twenty, why <laughs> American Horror Story season twelve, Big Mouth is the, their final season, <gasps> Stranger Things season five, The Last of Us, Outlander and Good Omens season two are going to be affected, and then obviously all the late night TV shows, Jeopardy uh, will be affected, which is odd, but. Um, I can't say her name. Maya Bialik. Thank you. We'll be step out in uh, <laughs> solidarity with the writer's strike. And Ken Jennings, the union buster is going to fill in. <laughs> well, no, she can't um, even she can't even do it anymore because yeah, of the she, actor strike. It's so yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's she, what they were. She was saying she wouldn't, but, uh, she wouldn't be under under SAG, but she would be under AFTRA for yeah. for Jeopardy. And yeah, that would that would immediately yeah right. yeah. And frankly, so, that could also be true of Ken Jennings. He should not be. <laughs> he should not be hosting that show. <laughs> anyway, so shows that are unimpacted, uh, House of Dragon. They've finished it in time, so House that of will be House of, House of Dragon. House of the Dragon. House of, House House of, of the Dragon. Dragon. House of Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Rings of Power will only be slightly impacted, but it's still expected to be released in time. Um, I mean, here's a, here's a safe bet. If what you want to watch hasn't been filmed and in post-production for at least a couple months you're going to be waiting a long fucking time (laughs) in summary that's it let's be crystal clear about this too like this is as we've discussed many a time on in the last couple weeks this is a great fucking summer for movies oh my god yes summer is not going to be at all no like next summer is going like and that's going to have amp tv that's going to have a huge effect on theaters like oh, yeah. theaters are already closing. What are they going to do? Look for a lot of anniversary re-releases next summer. Um, I don't know what came out in you know 2004, 94, and 84, uh, but <laughs> uh, maybe Ghostbusters. Um, that you're going to want to that like there's probably going to be a lot of re-releases in theaters or shit that's just been in the can or or what have you because the movies that would come out next summer should have been filming in the last you know couple of months here. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be tough. It's really it's hard on everyone. I think that's what it comes down to. Nobody nobody benefits from this strike no. being in play. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, okay. oh sorry, God, you have one more no, thing. Just, I, more like I just have a couple things I want to hit on. I okay. you know obviously this is a more informative episode, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people don't understand what the strikes are about, and I think it's important to know. And to be clear, this is AMPTP's not best moment. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, very much. Like, this is people like Bob Iger's not best moment. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last few things I want to touch on, um, you know, that SAG's basically looking to increase minimum rates for actors, um, increasing per diem. That's basically the amount of money that you get for your living expenses if you're coming from out of town. So like hotel, flight, food, all that, which haven't that hasn't been raised since 2001. 
So they basically want to have it adjusted for inflation so that it's enough that you can actually get yourself a decent hotel on and pay for decent food. Totally unrealistic, right? Can't believe they're asking for that. Ridiculousness. Um, Last other two things that I want to mention, uh, motion capture. SAG is trying to get motion capture included under SAG as a, like as a category. Um, motion capture is basically what is used for video games, film, VR. It's the suit that you sometimes will see on TikTok that people are walking around with these sensors on them so they can animate around them so that you can have realistic video game characters. So you can do VR at all. That's, that's what it is. That's, that's what Iron Man's suit was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that that's yeah. what motion capture is. And one thing I wanted to mention before we move off of this is a lot of this, a lot of the issues regarding the strike and the reason it's been such a problem is that the AMPTP doesn't want to release viewership numbers. That has been yeah. one of the biggest problems. And it makes perfect sense that they don't want to release viewership numbers because if they release them and the numbers are high and they can see how much they are making and how many viewers that they are getting for these shows, you can see just how just how horribly they've been ripping off actors and writers for years. So it makes them look bad. And if they do release it and we see that the numbers are terrible, investors will lose faith in the company and in the viability of streaming as a concept. Well, and that's, that's, I've heard several discussions about the viability of streaming because the streaming, the streamers aren't doing well, like big ones that are tied like Amazon prime. Fine. But like, how many people do you know, number one, that have like a Peacock subscription? And number two, how many people do you know that pay of those people that pay one, two dollars extra a month for no ads? Yeah, Um, I don't have I don't have ads on any of my of my streaming. I don't want them like I had it on Hulu for a while. And I was like, why am I doing this? This is dumb. Yeah. Um, so like the advertising dollars aren't there, you know, are, are, are not that good. I've heard that the streaming Netflix has X amount of subscribers. Okay, so they can get X amount of views. That doesn't mean Netflix is getting money for that show every time someone views that show. It's just a flat subscription fee. And so there's there is some discussion is, oh, well, will this maybe bring network and broadcast back a little more? I mean, I think it's just going to be that streaming platforms just turn into cable. (laughs) So in essence, where we're going to have lots of live shows, more like where you have to watch ads, it's basically going to be reverting back slowly but surely but it's all going to be digital now it makes sense i mean look like uh showtime just had to merge with paramount plus you know Mm because they're owned by the same corporate parent so they had to merge when cnn which again not not actors but you know when cnn streaming service lasted all of a month with that (laughs) you know before just you know after the merger they were like this isn't making money get rid of it um you know and hulu like disney can't wait to fucking offload hulu yeah um you know like people it's you hear these things, and again, the the landscape isn't terribly clear on streaming. But the idea that because people aren't going to pay what they paid for cable for streaming, no. it's not it's not going to happen. You know, I I pay I have I think five or six different services, and I'm still paying half, maybe maybe less than half of what I was paying when I had Directv. Yeah. Well. If you are worried about the writer's strike, at least currently there's reality TV <laughs> uh, oh. for you to watch. Ooh, fun. <laughs> Yay. Hooray. Phoebe and I have been diving in deep on season 20 of The Bachelor. <laughs> um, Bachelorette. 
that's right. I keep calling it the Bachelor. Why do I keep calling it that? Um, because you're terrible with names, Keith. I, I yeah. am. I really am. That's I'm sorry. It. That's I guess. the only reason. I am Bialik. Say it with me. I am Bialik. I am Bialik. Matana. 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 So this week, a lot of a lot of guys got cut this week, and uh, were you were you shocked by some of the people that got cut? I mean, thank God. Thank God they got rid of Brayden. Oh my God, I cannot stand that guy. What a Brayden, d bag! Brayden was a fuckboy with with Portland earrings. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? He was like one of those bookstore fuckboys. Oh, totally. you know what I mean? He like wears a beanie, has those scarves, wants to talk about books that he hasn't read. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of vibe to me. He's he's the guy that says he's in touch with his feelings, but then is totally not in touch with his feelings. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: some of the things he said were kind of reasonable. Like, oh yeah, yeah like how sure. am I going to know if I want to get engaged at the end of this? I've known you for like ten hours, mm-hmm. and again, it's reasonable. But like, don't you know what show you're on? Yeah, yeah. that's not the show. Know where you are. That's it. No. <laughs> Read the room. Read the fucking room. Yeah. And, and honestly, the the all this drama between Brayden and Aaron at B or S, yeah. I forget which, Aaron I forget B. which one. Yeah, Aaron B. He uh listen, it, it really like sort of ruined the show for some of these guys because they didn't even get a chance to have a one on one or even talk to, to Kansas the whole time. Wait, it's ridiculous. Kansas? Kansas? I'm no, so bad with names. Charity. I don't know where you came. I don't know where you came with Kansas. I can't. I can't. Ah, yes, good old Kansas. Delightful time. Sorry. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Keith. She's the lady. You should know her name. I know. I'm so bad with names. Um, I was surprised that John got got released. Because he seemed... (laughs) Released? (laughs) (laughs) He was released from his contract. That's it. Released into (laughs) what? Imagine breaking up with someone and being like, you're released. from this prison that's a wrap on date number four give it up (laughs) so perhaps my most favorite part of this episode though is that they keep alluding to like sasquatch being around in washington so they're in washington and that's where the house is and that's where all the dates are and they keep alluding to sasquatch and then she asks brayden to leave like unceremoniously like asks him to leave he leaves and then he comes back <laughs> crawling through the woods like Sasquatch and the way they shoot it is like he's in the woods like stalking back into the house. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the things they do for drama is unreal. I'm so glad I've ruined you, Keith, and gotten you to watch this show. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> I haven't ruined Andrew yet, but time... No, no, no. I learned, I learned my lesson with with Milf Manor. I went in, guns place. I was ready to go. It turned my stomach and uh no i'm not trusting you all on reality okay. tv ever again okay we didn't know anything about milf manor when we started we were all just like this is the yeah. weirdest thing that has ever been on the air and we have to watch it till our eyes bleed um speak for yourselves it's a ma- an amazing show and i stand by that <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um but so i just want to ask phoebe who do you think is going to end up being the winner the winner yeah i um i haven't decided on the winner i think my final four is gonna be um dotton mm-hmm. uh joey mm-hmm. aaron and xavier i think 
Saber, yeah. I, I was. I think I'm in agreement with you, honestly. I, I was hoping that like you'd see something from Caleb, the cowboy, the pro wrestler. Like, oh my god! On. And then he, at the end, he was hysterically crying, and I feel like we didn't get to see any of their interactions. To be so. honest, I'm surprised he made it as long as he did. Caleb, he was he was a cowboy. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's what Charity was looking for. But you know, prove me wrong, please. Right. You know, what? I'm not gonna lie. Not having seen images of these people or the show, when I hear a girl named Charity, I would think, yeah, she would probably go for a cowboy because her mom was probably a stripper in Reno. No, she's a she's she's a very uh, intelligent, put together, well educated person who probably would not want a actual cowboy you know i'm not going to tell her what she wants she wants what the heart wants what it wants but that is not what i would expect her to go for not yucking someone's yum you know but until (laughs) don't they do don't they do um like meet the meet the family or whatever it is we're not up to that point not there yet We're, we're too soon when you get there i'd like for you to tell me what the who the parents were that named their daughter charity (laughs) <laughs> no maybe it's that's odd. i think the hard part is that's a high standard to live by your name right. is charity what if you're a bitch <laughs> <laughs> well you and i have very different ideas of the name is charity i do not consider that a high standard to live by no but here's the thing you either stoop to the level of what you know people could imagine it or you have to be you know the a beacon of charity generosity good all that it's a lot of pressure or or you're just gonna fall into a trap i've never heard the name charity other than on you know an episode of csi where like the dead hooker is in the room and they're like oh yeah charity came (laughs) over for the night you know what i mean and like it's a terrible (laughs) thing to say about a name but like we all have the association yeah but and then let me let me add this layer onto it for you and you tell me what you think so charity signed up to be a bachelorette on TV, knowing full well that this is the same show where that idiot girl had a fucking antebellum ball. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like again, smart, classy, cool, 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 cool. Are the smartest, classiest people you know being like, you know what? I want to go on TV and play out a fake love life with bizarre situations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think people go on this show because they're just so tired of their lives. And they're like, I need something to be different. Um, not, And it's not about love. It's about like, will this change? You know, will I be able to do things differently? Will my life be like, not even in the spotlight, but it'll change up my life in some tangible way. Probably not with love, but with some, with this weird reality TV stardom. That is so sad. Yeah, that's my take on it, at least. I have to go on TV and publicly humiliate myself for a change. I need a new direction. That's, Listen, that. I'm not a, I'm not above that, Andrew. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> so, uh, speaking you above self manner, Keith, you can't, you can't be, a, you can't be a a, a boy. <laughs> Wait, did you guys um, did you guys see that there's going to be a golden bachelor season where the bachelor is eight is 71 yeah but i have to say this and i'm gonna say it quietly but i don't care i guess i can say it loudly if that's what 71 looks like sign my shit up he's totally (laughs) had work done he's totally had work done he no one can look that good at 71 he does he looks i look older than that than he does and like i'm nowhere near my 70s but i was (laughs) like you're 71 
okay, I'm loving, I'm kind of digging the new standards of what we can do when we get older. This is great. I think I, I, I hope that's a possibility, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be a silver fox at 71. Mm-hmm, there you go. Listen, anything is possible with reality TV. And I just wanted to recap <laughs> MILF Manor in case, oh, because we never God. got to finish it. I can't believe you stuck it out. I did. I stuck it out. I just want to say that. Um, did you know when did you finish it? Two weeks ago. Yeah, you didn't stick it out. That show ended like three months ago. <laughs> I came ago. back. I came back. I came back. I bought the season. Still haven't finished it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it. All right. So so some noteworthy things since we last covered it. There's a point where all everyone has to pick who they want their connection to be. And if they don't, if they don't both pick each other, they get kicked off the show. Oh, so, so there is an elimination period. Yes. So that's like the big one. So Charlene's son, Harrison, the, sh- the male stripper, yeah. decides he has no connection with anyone and he just walks off of the show. He's like, I haven't developed a connection. He's like, I don't want to lie. And he just leaves. <laughs> so, OK, great. Right. But the, the problem with this show is that everyone was po- <laughs> pining for Paula and Jose. So that knocked off pretty much the whole fucking cast. <laughs> so so. The only thing that was pretty shocking to me was that Charlene finally goes on a date with one of them. She goes on a date with, I think, the other Ryan, who is the late addition to the show. I can't remember oh, his uh, name. The new, the new Ryan. The, the new Ryan. He he goes on a date with her. So she picks him thinking they have a connection. And then he doesn't pick her. So she gets kicked off the show. No, Charlene. <laughs> yeah. Charlene she got the, screwed on that one. She was vulnerable when she started the show. I know. I know. And then, all right, so this is where the most drama comes in. Now that they're all connected, now they're all paired up. Jose's with Kelly. Ryan is with Paula. Joey is with April J. So now that they're officially connected, they decide that they're going to bring in someone from their real life to hang out with them at a, like a dinner date. It's pretty uneventful for the most part. Uh, it's all the MILFs, basically, their uh, friends or relatives. So Kelly has her... Well, that's what the get wait for it. So 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 Kelly's daughter McKenna comes down and she I'll get to that later. But eventually it comes down to April J and Joey and April J's ex-husband comes down and she he walks up to her, picks her up and starts like making out with her and starts telling her to come home. (gasps) Oh, my God. And 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 Joey's 20 years old. He's the baby of the group. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, what the hell? Like, are you serious? And then the, it's amazing because everyone thinks that April J is the villain pretty much towards the end because they're all like, how could you do this to Joey? Joey's been with her the whole time. Like from the beginning, they were like with each other, like from the very beginning of the show. Which, which, which April was April J? She's the one. She's the oldest one in the house. She has right. Yes, but they were kind of like they look like stuck together. They didn't. They look like mother son. Right. They did not look like they were dating. She was humoring him the whole time. She looked like his grandmother. There's one other thing. So Paul is Paul is um person from the real world comes and it's her daughter Emma. Lo and behold. Emma is gorgeous. Obviously, the whole family of Paula, Jose are all gorgeous. And so is Emma. Emma has a thing for Joey. <laughs> and they start go- hanging out after this all goes down. So at the very end of the episode, <laughs> they have to confess whether they want to take keep the relationship going after the show. 
and they write letters to each other and then they have to read the letters to each other at the end. Let me tell you what bullshit this <laughs> ended on because they were all so noncommittal. The, the only person who wasn't really noncommittal was Kelly, who you would think would be the least committed. Uh, oh, the blondes, bombshell, milf. Bomb out. Like, she was not bombshell. But like, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. She was the most desperate one. Her whole energy was so thirsty. She's like, I ain't having sex with you. I ain't she, it. Like, she was just, she was just desperate. It was sad. She turns it around. She turns it around in my eyes, at least. April J becomes the the villain, and it, what makes it even worse is at this ceremony, April J reads to Joey and is like, she knows about him and Emma, sort of exchanging numbers. <clears throat> they exchange numbers at some point. She's like, "Well, if you wanted to be with me or with Emma, I respect your decision," and leaves it so open ended and like disgusting that like it's clear that she doesn't give a crap. This whole this whole show is just a put on for her to get time on screen which yeah. is, it feels like for most of them and then you the can't only really other- expect to get love on this show like i don't even think that could have been a, a thing but you could tell that with the more hesitant mommies and sons you know i mean like people like charlene who was like oh what i mean she, she was dtf but i think the whole construct <laughs> of the show was not what she thought it would be or and i think when you're oh yeah let me apply it's like same thing with a bachelor let me, oh yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun we'll apply and then you get to the real real part of it and it's like i mean i'm sorry what a boner killer that whole setup must be all right so two other notable things that happened jose one night sneaks off off the i guess the premises rents a hotel so he could sleep with kelly and then paul is like texting him the whole night like where are you where are you why aren't you in the room where are you <laughs> which i think is a part of the problem with the producing this show the moms and the sons need to have separate rooms <laughs> There, nothing's gonna happen if they have to sneak out and sleep in the same room with their mom nothing's gonna happen um <laughs> here here's the thing i don't know who thought this was a good idea like if you want to make a show where you have like older women <laughs> try to go for younger men like fine, fine. cool fine. cool but like making fine. it like a a son like a mother son thing just makes it so much weirder it is and then, so the only other thing that was very noteworthy was that uh, McKenna, who is Kelly's daughter, who is also very attractive, she has a one-on-one with Jose and is like, let me ask you a question. Like, would you ever go on a date with me? And Jose's like, Jose plays cool. He's like, no, like, you know, I have respect for your mom. I would never do something like that. And she's like, oh, well, it's happened in the past. So I had to ask. <laughs> All I wanted to say was, could you imagine being her daughter? <laughs> can you imagine that without wanting to die a little bit inside at every thought? I'm not I'm not going to judge a woman on her looks. And you want it though. I'll let that speak. I'll let that speak for how I feel about Kelly. <laughs> oh, oh, Andrew. Well, <laughs> The whole package was just awful. Oh my, awful. Inside, outside, awful, awful, awful. Forehead, nine feet tall. She looked like an alien. She looked like an alien. She was like, hey. Uh, an alien who was pumped full of jello. And she's like, hey. Oh my God. Andrew, don't be mean. You can judge her on her actions, which were right. already pretty rough. Yes, fine. 
But that's the thing. The inside, the uh, evil, ugly inside part of her is what made her do like. I don't think she's that bad. I really don't think she's that bad. She apologized like she like owned up to it. She was not the worst person on that show. I Wasn't think she the one who like yelled at someone for speaking Spanish? Yeah, she spelled. She yelled at Paula for speaking Spanish. Yeah, yeah, she did. That's not something like a good person does. Nah. <laughs> I still think she redeemed herself, honestly, in my eyes. I don't think she's the worst. I think April J was by far the worst. Making you know, that I, think, of- I think you're thirsty. I'm mad thirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Kelly's the greatest is because, like, you could text her out of the blue and she'd be like, okay, <laughs> no, she wouldn't do that. She's a nice person, Andrew. Yeah, Have you listened to anything I've this whole time, Andrew? <laughs> oh, do you want to sexy carrot? Why should you use carrot? I'm just sexy. <laughs> Look at what I can do with this raw carrot. Oh. And she's, I think she might still be dating Jose. So, there you go. Uh, no, that's it. You never no. know. No, I'm done. Okay. I'm fucking done. Jose, do you want to take this relationship from zero to 60? You need to drive me in a Ferrari. That's <laughs> 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 Jose. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I'm a confident woman in 56. <laughs> and this is Jose's reaction. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. You're so funny and intelligent. You're All right, so-, so let me let me put this out there though. Let me let, let me put this out there about Jose. Ho- ho- Jose is a f boy in disguise as well. Uh, no, I think he's just a priest. He's just like a piece of bread. He's so boring. <laughs> he's so boring. He's like he's like a loaf of white bread, legitimately. I, <laughs> I disagree. The personification of it. Wow. <laughs> just like everything, everything that came out of his mouth was so. Just like vanilla and just banal. It would be like you don't have oh. to be interesting when you're that good looking. But he's not even that good looking. He's not good looking enough to have no personality. Yeah, but you have to be reasonably intelligent too. Like, yeah, how would as a woman, how would you not get turned off if someone's like, I like the ocean. What do you like, Phoebe? Yes. If Jose was on this season of The Bachelor, do you think he'd get in the top five? No, he's not interesting. You don't think enough. he's in the top five? I agree. He's I think he got the top five. I think he no, would. Considering charity clearly values a stop, Andrew. Enough with this name shame. Um, considering she seems to value emotional intimacy. No, no. Okay. No, I'm not making. But I'm just laughing at the fact that her name is Charity. <laughs> but yes, no. um, considering the fact that she obviously values emotional intimacy and she's like a therapist. I don't think Jose would make it far. I, I agree with you because what you said on the last episode about how she's like, they're trying to play games with her and she's like, well, let's talk about that. And, and she like kind of decodes it and almost deprograms yeah. it almost immediately. Like, I think she would be able to see through like all of the boys that were on um, MILF Manor. Oh, because yeah. they, they were all, I mean, it was so, I don't know if this was the producers or the fact that these are guys in their 20s. I think it's probably a combination of both, probably like a 70-30 split of they were guys in their 20s. They were just so performative and and peacocky, but like in a dumb way because they hadn't had enough life experience to actually have anything to kind of brag about and peacock around yeah that's that's the tough part Uh, side note though i actually think this has so far been one of the best bachelorette seasons that i've seen in a while like it's actually been very good i apologize for laughing at your name that's i it's 
it's only because of my past experience with with women named Charity that I have a connotation of what someone named Charity means, and I, I apologize. I don't mean to name shame. All right, guys. I think this wraps up another episode of Not Your Best Moment. Are we going to end on that note? We should end on a higher. Not not my not my apology. Let's have something more positive. Wait, why, why doesn't Andrew? Why, why doesn't Keith apologize to Brendan Fraser again? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, what was it? <laughs> what did you want the apology for? George Fraser, I am so sorry. For- oh my god! <laughs> All right, guys, this is not another episode of Not Your Best Moment. Peace. Nip slips, jail time, snorting a cocaine line, racist tweets, family beefs, a royal leaves. Can-